You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast, uh, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Paul. What's going on, man? How are you today? You know, I'm tired. I can imagine. You've yeah, kind of been tired. around the world twelve, yeah. twice. Yeah, it was, I, I was in, what, New York City for 24 hours? That's what it felt like. It was cool. I got there. My first time. First time to the big city, and it was just, uh, it was it was fun. It was. I got there, I got there late Friday. Um, I wanted to have like New York pizza was the first thing that I wanted to, to try. You know, I'm just like this dumb redneck. I'm like New York pizza. And, uh, everyone was closed all the pizza shops for whatever reason. So I had a steak at in, this, in the city that doesn't sleep. I mean, yeah. in the city that doesn't sleep. So there, they were, it was, it was, it, it kind of made me mad actually. I'm like, this city's bullshit. Like doesn't sleep. Like what is their, their Google says are open. I, the first one I went to, like they had like metal doors down and like. So you're telling me we had better luck finding pizza in Louisville in the middle of a snowstorm? Than oh, absolutely, you did? yeah. So like, so there's this, and this is how this is how dumb I am being from like the you know, Licking County, Johnstown, Ohio, Potasco, Ohio. I thought that I was going into this restaurant, right? Because there's like this restaurant. There's this giant metal door, and I'm like, man, you know, it's kind of a bad area. I open this door. I walk in. It was like it was like an entrance into someone's apartment. Like, 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 like a stairway. And there's just these people that are there and there's like these mailboxes and I'm just standing there and, and I just like slowly, it was like that Homer Simpson meme where I just like back up <laughs> into the bushes as, as fast as I can. I'm like, I am, I am way out of my element. Oh, but, shoot. Yeah. Ha- had a good time. I was down there with the, um, the, the New York city chapter of the back country hunters and anglers. There uh, is such a thing. There is. I'll tell you what, man, I, I was very surprised. There's, there's a a strong contingent of hunters and anglers in the city of New York, in New York city. I mean, those, those people, uh, they are, they are passionate about what they do. I met, I met uh, a good number of them. There's a lot of them there. They said just some really good people. Great, great organization. Check them out. BHA.org. I think, or you know, if you just search back country hunters and anglers, their big thing is like public property, uh, and those, those public property rights. So yeah, it was cool. Cool. Meeting all those people. 
fished for like eight or ten hours, caught some fish, and then I packed up and headed home. Drove all the way all through the night. Got home at like four fifteen this morning. Seven thirty, my girls jump on me. They're like, "Do you want pancakes, Daddy?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Of course so, you do. <laughs> let's get up. Yes, <laughs> let's I get up." So it was. I mean, all in all, it was good, man. But uh, tomorrow, taking off to Iowa for a little bit, and then Kentucky later this week. So. No rest of the weekend, I've man. That's a, man. Oh my I've god! And then and then I got like I'm missing your hunt. I'm missing your lottery hunt. I got to get a freaking South Carolina for for uh, for an all hands meeting. So I don't you know I I don't know who what higher ups at the NWTF if anyone listens to this podcast. But I can I, I just want you guys to know that there is also a, a turkey hunting season in the northern half of this country, and it just started. It just started, and you're making me go down to South Carolina where there's no turkey hunting. I can't turkey hunt there. Is it, are mad they, I are they done that? down there? Yeah, everyone's done. Like Mississippi's last day was the Alabama. All, all these southern states are all they're all they're all. I mean, hell, they started a lot of them started in March. Yeah, yeah. So like all all like like uh, all the New York guys like they just started today. New York, Pennsylvania, all those guys, and that and they're they're making us go down for like five or three or four or five days. For I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be cool to see the coworkers, and there's a, I'm sure they're. But you know, there's also a month called June where there's no turkey hunting. Just That's you know, just just, just plan, plan a little bit next time. But anyway, well, I'm to very it. disappointed you, that you will not be there for, with me. I know, I'm sorry, but you but, had you had a fun weekend too. I did, I did. Yeah. So I had the uh, opportunity to go up to Lake Erie. Um, Where'd you take out of? Port Clinton. Okay, so classic. Actually, just down the road from where I grew up, which was nice. I got to go home see mom and dad. But um, yeah, we went out for. Oh man, I don't know. Six or seven hours, I guess. Maybe eight. It ended up being whatever. Uh, it was cold start. I was morning, ask, about yeah. forty degrees. <laughs> I saw you bundled up in that first light origin hoodie. I think we did. Okay, yeah. we're gonna stop and talk about that real quick. Dude, that th- I was real jealous of that because I was a little cold there for a minute. That on, sweatshirt on was boat. clutch because yeah. it had the built-in face mask. And initially, uh, I'm like, eh, when am I ever really gonna use this? Well, I used it, and April it was on Lake Erie. amazing. Yeah. So good deal. Uh, but we did pretty good. We did walleye, and uh, we were jig fishing. Uh, once we got the hang of it, we started pulling some in. Did you? So I think the boat pulled in 26 total. Um, how, how many guys were on there? Uh, six. And it looked like, like a decent-sized boat. In the picture yeah, they're 32 foot, I think. But um, It was nice. It was good. And actually, I'm going to try to get that captain on here. Oh, really? Let's see That'd if we can fun. talk to him a little bit. But. The yes, yeah, so the boat pulled about twenty six. I really thought it would, we would limit out real fast because everything the reports we were getting was the fish were biting hard. Yeah. Um, but it was still it was fun. It was good. Uh, good company. We <laughs> we had uh, we kept calling it the Make a Wish boat because uh, <laughs> the captain he'd be fishing and then there's this one guy with us, Joel. Joel, you probably don't listen, but if you do, shout out to you. Joel was bundled up and he looked special. <laughs> and, did he have uh, a big puffy jacket on? yeah and oh, like six boy. layers and just yeah but then the, the captain would like be pulling in a fish and be like here joel i need help with this fish and like and then joel would pull it out and be like oh joel you got another make-a-wish fish like so. joel's like shut up asshole no he played along great and then he did kept because he, really? he kept giving the there's a one guy on the boat that was a big fisherman and he got about one or maybe two fish the whole day but he kept saying hey kevin I got four fish. They don't count, Joel. They're make-a-wish fish. They don't count, okay? That's that's funny. Yeah, but it was really good. Uh, it was a good time. The Reef Stalker was the name of the boat we were on. We had Captain Terry, but his son Eric is uh, also heavily involved. So 
Uh, we'll work on that though down the road. That did was you catch any catch any sheephead or any like gobies or anything? Okay, yeah. So we so? did. We caught. Uh, well, <laughs> Joel caught one sheephead. <laughs> yeah, that a boy, Joel. Captain Terry, he caught a small smallmouth that was a monster. Nice. I don't know how big that thing was. I got a picture of it. But big old, big old sucker. So I down there, like, so we were in New York, not New York Harbor, Long Island Sound. So it was all salt water, and I didn't catch one, but but a couple a couple people caught these things called um, ocean robins, something like that. And dude, they were like the gnarliest. Oh yeah, that's a big old chunk. Damn, look at that thing. That's a big smallmouth. That's real big. Yeah, and they're not supposed to be biting right now. So when he yeah. pulled that thing up, we were like, "Whoa, what yeah. the hell is that?" I take pictures, throw that back. But yeah, so there's like these red robin or like ocean robins. They were like bright red, and they had these massive, they had these massive wings on them, and they were gnarly looking. Like I didn't, I, 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 I saw them. I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't touch that. I mean, that thing looks like, like an alien. It was, it was insane looking. So, yeah, it was really, it was, it was really neat seeing seeing some of that stuff that you know you you don't see it was funny so they they we're we're catching these things called porgies and i caught the second fish of the day and i pull it up and i'm looking at it i'm like this is this is the sheephead i was like you guys can call it a porgy this is this is a sheephead i just i just drove 10 goddamn hours to catch sheephead like i can do that in ohio right and so i I googled it and sure enough it's like a saltwater drum that they call sheepheads and or porgies and these guys swore up in the like, this is one of the best eaten fish out there. These 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 sheephead looking. So we were talking earlier, but I I know I don't know what it was. It was something on the meat eater lineup. They had a, done an episode. Holy smokes, that thing! That's that, the sea robin. Look at that damn thing. I'm gonna put this on Instagram. It's just go wild. They're not neat look. They they yeah that that. Can you imagine the first human that ever pulled one of those out of the water? The thing looks like a demon. Yeah. I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't. There ain't no way I'd eat that. Were they eating them? I don't. Yeah, they were. They were flaying them up. Huh. I didn't. I, I didn't take it. Interesting. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you with my demon fish. I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. Yeah, I don't either. We'll just we'll just take two. Little Ron Burgundy, take two. So yeah, I honestly I, I honestly have no idea what <laughs> what we were talking. About. Wow. Uh, that's, what's in that? That screwed up fish <laughs> just messed with my head, man. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. So let's let's talk, so archery hike. Justin Ross doing his thing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, it's July, I believe, 17, 18, 19. We we're unprepared with the dates, but um, that's going to be really cool. Email Justin archeryhike at gmail or check him out on Facebook and or Instagram. Same name, archery hike on on, on both of them. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, send it slam. Go wild! That is going to be one hell of a party. Yeah, that's so, so night. we've been calling them tea times. Do you know what they're actually called for the for the archery competition? Flights, knock time, knock time, knock time. So that's the that's the actual actual term. So tickets are still available for that. You can get on time to go wild. Get on your your your, your go wild app. Check that out. Um, that's going to be a really really good event. Family friendly. Four hour drive. Hop in your car. Hop in your truck. Take the family. Go on down there. That's uh. When is that? July seventh? No, no, that's July 9th. July 9th. That one I do know. And here I got the archery hike on is the following weekend be July fifteenth to seventeenth. There you go. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good time. So it's if you time. haven't downloaded Go Wild yet, do it. GoWild.com, find it in the app store, Google Play, uh free ten dollars. All sorts of stuff for sale on there right now. So ton of fish and stuff. So that's pretty pretty neat. Dude, and uh, so it's so much fun to watch and see people that you know or you meet along the way yeah. picking up 
So this Birds is the and- well, yeah. This is like the point point in the year where I haven't killed something yet, and I I start seeing like those those trophies, like Andrew Mutz got a trophy. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not I'm not looking at this. I'm just gonna I'm gonna click mark all is red, and I, you know, good for you guys. Because like, it's it's jealousy. It's 100 percent petty jealousy. And like, I'll admit it. Like that 16 year old girl. Oh yeah, I should have two turkeys dead right now. That's what really makes me mad. So, life is so, so much D- Derek, Derek, I know. I hope you're listening. Monday, or well, today's Sunday. A lot of pressure on you, my friend. So down there in Kentucky, I can't wait. But tethered time or uh, tethered tetherednation.com saddle systems. I cannot wait to get my hands on that thing. I cannot wait. I've been looking at them on their website. Been watching videos. I feel like I'm I'm mentally prepared to get to get up in the tree the only thing is i don't have any good trees in my back in my backyard so my neighbor i've been eyeballing some of his trees he's got this little like little area in the back i might see if he'll let me let me get up there, i say so. we just go to the park don't just get all those people to look at us funny well i mean i don't want people to make fun of me they're all gonna laugh they're at all gonna you. laugh at you dude i remember this is probably like 15 years ago kenny kenny and i were hunting we were at we were at delaware and we had like these summit viper climbing stands and so, so we get we get in the tree. Like Kenny, Kenny's like, "Well, watch me get up in case I fall." Right. So I so I stand there. He gets up and he's like, "Do you think I'm high enough?" And I walk up and I set my chin on the on the seat, like <laughs> on his chair. I'm like, "No, <laughs> you're not high enough." So, uh, yeah, tethered tetherednation.com. Find them on find them on the website. Find them on Instagram. Follow our buddies. Now's, now's the time to get your stuff, right? Yeah. Um, well, they yeah they they were talking about like how how like their big order is like right before the season, like yeah. like in like in August people start ordering. You need time, man. I I'm get I'm gonna order mine here real soon, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna start practicing Absolutely. because I I'm gonna do it. I want to be able to do it at five in the morning in the when it's twenty degrees. Yeah, and I can't see anything and I'm cold. So yeah, I think that's I think it's gonna be good. So. Let's see tur- turkey updates, man. Um, I'm I'm running a little low. I haven't I haven't shot or I haven't uh, I haven't hunted since since Thursday. Thursday morning I went out just very briefly. Uh, new spot, so yeah. Did you do any any turkey hunting without me? No, no, no. I'm ruining your. I'm I'm real sorry about your. No, see, you're not ruining. My problem is that. Well, we can all make excuses, but springtime in this industry that i work is uh very insane so it's literally the biggest it's the worst yeah it's the busiest time of the year for you yeah um but no actually so starting today's may 1st well may 2nd so a couple days before this comes out uh monday may 2nd monday May all all day there you go southern zone are then open uh not just the morning so we got all day hunting Coming up, uh, thirty minutes before sunrise, sunset. Yeah, I know. As weird as as weird as like the birds have been acting on the properties, the public land that I've been hunting, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to be a little more active. Uh, you know that 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 eleven to two, eleven to four time slot when we're all out of the woods. You know, like I I, I mean I stay until noon every time, but so I'm looking forward to seeing how that second shift, if you will. Uh, if them boys start gobbling a little more, so yeah, I think I I I'm, I don't know, right? Because yeah. I I haven't hunted turkeys as long as you have. Something seems off though. It's weird. This and, is one of the weirder years. I was talking about some like that same thing with some guys. Like it's just kind of it's got like a weird. People are still killing. They're still killing them, 
it's down. I mean, that first week was down over what was it? that first couple, weekend? A couple hundred birds. Yeah, well, no, nine hundred. It was down nine hundred over that opening weekend from the year before. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the th- excuse me, the three day, the th- the three year average, it was down nine hundred turkeys. But yeah, like a lot of the guys, even some of them out in Missouri and stuff. I mean, real quiet, real quiet, and then it's like all of a sudden, bam. It's going to kick. Yeah, it's just going to open gonna up. In. So I don't know. Um, their pictures, guys taking birds, so it's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like you said, I feel like it's moving a little bit slower maybe than yeah. – than, than Pressure's been good. Hunting pressure on the on the areas that I've been, I haven't – I mean, I've had some run-ins, but I've had years that have been a lot worse. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, this weekend I get to go out um, – up on my lottery hunt, so I'm pretty excited about that one. Mother Mother's Day, you're going to be hunting turkeys. How's uh, how's that going? Well, I know she isn't listening to this. So, so how'd she how'd she take it when you told her? Because when I asked my wife when I before I like had remembered my trip to South Carolina, she was like, "No, I will I will stab you in the neck with uh, with my Mother's Day gift that you're not going to get." <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh shoot! We don't see. We don't celebrate a whole lot of holidays like that. So, and I told her we'll take her out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Mother's Day. It's just it's just as important. Who gives a shit? Yeah, what day it is? You know. Yeah. Honor your wife. Honor your mothers. All that good stuff. So. I still owe her for our our, our wedding anniversary, a ten year anniversary. So I got we got to go. Oh, out, yeah, out, yeah, 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 yeah. You're digging a hole, man. Yeah. I'm digging a real big hole because I'm turkey hunting a ton and I'm traveling a ton for like the next five weeks. So, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what my summer's going to be like. but I think we're going to be hanging out a lot together because we're going to be in the shit list. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, As long as I smack a bunch of turkeys, it's all worth it, right? So, um, So, yeah, I don't know if we got anything else. Oh, we got some updates on our website. So if yeah. anybody goes, if you go over to the O, the number two podcast.com, we got some new merchandise up there. If anybody's interested in some shirts or hoodies, got a couple different patterns on there. Uh, we're working on hats for you guys. Uh, if there's lots of colors, color options coming our way, yeah, we're, we're going to have, have all some, kinds of, yeah, some stuff. decals, some cars, some hats. Yeah. There, there's some cool, some cool stuff. And so if you see something on there, you don't like the color, just like, let me know. We could probably put it together, get a mock-up yeah. for you. Well, I put that black and orange on my Instagram. That got a ton of, like, people really like that. I, I like that. I like that color. So, yeah, it was it was sharp. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. But that one's not up on the website yet. But if you like that one, feel free to email us. Yeah, hats are coming. And, yeah, we're yeah. getting there. We're building it one day but at a time. Are we doing the banana hammocks? Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get O two podcast? But I mean, I that's can't, on your OnlyFans, isn't it? I can't wear one, but oh. I mean, can <laughs> get the, someone out? Someone of our fans out there, the can, Borat <laughs> suits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh shoot, this is getting sideways quick uh, here. So. It's well, all good. What are we so, talking about this week, Paul? So, so we are talking about fly fishing with um, with Jacob and Derek from Go Wild, and I'm gonna apologize now. I had like massive technical difficulties. The um, audio board that i use for mixing just completely took a took a crap right before this so i'm literally using the audio of and uh, on my computer and i should have just i should just just sat there i don't even know why i tried to talk like you you guys had a great conversation and I, i had some questions that i wanted to know but i've done some fly fishing not a ton i've caught a couple smallmouth bass um but we go deep into to equipment you went through like a rod build which was like a setup build which was really neat 
So this is this is a good one. I, I would like to have some more fly fishing discussions uh, on this show because I mean that's such a cool such a cool activity, you know. Um, and it's it's something outside of the outside of the norm. So I think I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, I I apologize for my audio, Andrew. Your your audio sounded sounded fine. So yeah, we're working on that. So I was just mad the entire time we were doing that. I was so mad. I was so mad that that damn xlr digital box or whatever fuzzed out and eh, it happens but it's got to be one, it's one of those feelings like when you forget your wallet and you're gone for the day and you're like maybe you don't even need it but just in the back of your mind like yeah. i don't have that something's not right yeah well so like forgetting wallet, I, I don't think i told the story when i went to alabama i got like i was i was almost to louisville and i pulled over to get gas i told you this i left my wallet at home this is like this is like f- five in the morning, and my wife, God love her, I love her, had to pack our children, wake them up, pack them up, and bring them down. Like, I drove as far as I could. I got just north of Cincinnati before I was damned. I have like 10 miles left to go. Man, Ashley, you're the best. She had to drive that wallet down. So. You're so good. Yeah, I wish I would have had you're that awesome, life. awesome, Ashley. Yeah. yeah, quit bitching about me turkey hunting so much. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> So yeah, this is gonna be good. It's gonna be a good episode this week. Fly oh, fishing with the with the go wild guys. Um, they're selling that. They're, they, they talked about it. They're gonna have some fly fishing setups on their on their website that you can buy through the website or the app. That'll be that'll be really neat. But there's yeah. some, and it's not just like trout streams, man. I mean, you can like fly fish for bluegill and and smallmouth and largemouth bass, and I mean any any body of water in the state of Ohio, you can fly fish it. So I did the Big Darby was where I went. Um, had a little success, and I didn't get far off the beaten path there, so I'm not blowing up any secrets. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I don't think they've got their kits in here yet. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they're coming. They said they're working so, on it. Yeah, they'll, they'll get their check it. check back. But yeah, so I mean, if you're if you're in Ohio, just you know, try to try to try to find some some some. There are some trout streams. You know, you can you can dig dig a little deep into those. But yep. yeah, what else you got, man? Man, I think that's it. We'll uh, see what comes next week, but hopefully we've got some dead birds. Is the goal. I hope so. Uh, we'll have to figure out, yeah, what else What else we got going we, on. So. We can talk about, like, the, the, the chart that we were looking at earlier. Say, uh, Just express our appreciation to our listeners. The 233. The damn picture oh, that I oh, sent you. Yeah. Jesus. So I so there's this there's this there's this website that that tracks like downloads and listens and engagements with with podcasts. And because of you guys listening to the show and and I'll tell you what, Andrew, I never expected this show to be as popular as it is becoming. And man, I I I love every one of you guys. I was was blown away. We are now in the top 250 of the and this is like outdoors so i think they call it wilderness so it's hunting fishing hiking. camping hiking backpacking mountain biking rock climbing like it's it, it it's a lot i mean it's a lot of podcasts and we i mean that that, that was like I, when i saw that i was like holy shit right no and it's so, great I, we, yeah you guys you guys are awesome we're gonna do we're gonna do some fan guys. some some listener appreciation stuff here here this summer so keep keep an eye out for that so but we're obviously on the sportsman's empire yeah. network okay we got a little name change there but uh, nothing else is going to change. And so a lot of it's thanks to the guys before us, yeah. uh, Dan Johnson and all that kind of stuff. And Dan gave us some rundown, some numbers last week. I mean, it's it's really it's exploding. So we really yeah. appreciate you guys. 
everything. If you want to leave us a review on any of the podcast platforms, that'd be awesome. Uh, I haven't figured out how to read reviews on Spotify yet to see if anyone's doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So if you are, find us on Go Wild on Instagram, screenshot and be like, "Yo, send us the free stuff that you're always talking about." You You leave us a review, you get free stuff. So stickers, stickers. Yeah, for now. For now. We got some cool, maybe maybe some cooler stuff coming. There we go. So. In the in the works. So. Uh, Thank you for listening. Yes, please follow us on Instagram. It's the dot o two dot podcast. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, it's at Ohio Hunt. Mm-hmm. And go wild, of course, is o two podcast. Yeah. And like I said earlier, the o two podcast dot com. If you got anything, we can you can hit us with the email there. Uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. Appreciate you guys listening, man. Yes. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. See you. James, you turkey hunt? I do. I have not yet this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Been kind of slacking. Oh. <laughs> Working. Well, Working Eric's too hard. Been, so, Eric's oh, yeah. I, I, that's how I want to start this. I want to hear. I want to hear the story. Uh, Mm. from Derek on exactly what's going on. So uh, welcome back to the O2 podcast and uh, Ohio Outdoors podcast. We've got our guest tonight, Jacob Knight and Derek Towles. It's Towles, right? That's how you pronounce it? It's Towles, actually. Towles. Okay, Derek Towles. Yep. Uh, some friends of ours from from Go Wild, and uh, we're going to do a little fly fishing talk tonight. But uh, let's see, today is April 21st. I don't know when we'll run this one, but Derek, uh, tell us about your your uh, adventures in the woods last weekend that turned out successful yeah um i'll try to make it pretty quick um it was easter sunday uh didn't hunt that morning uh decided to go out that afternoon got set up mm, probably about two o'clock um i'd set up in a little small field kind of in the back of the property that i hunt that like historically we just never hunted much there i'm not sure why but when i was leaving the previous evening i'd seen some turkey back there so i figured why not um went and got set up back there two o'clock like i said uh about four o'clock um i heard just one random gobble crack off behind me uh close enough to where i was like all right i can i can do something with that bird so uh started calling at it and it got quiet again for a little while well then i started hearing the hen that was with him and so I, I tried the, you know, the old technique of calling over the hen. So every time she started making yelps, I would start yelping, just doing everything she was doing, mimicking her, calling on top of her. And uh, I could tell it was working. So she got upset. She was getting closer, um, started just screaming her head off at me. And I'm just, you know, giving every call I can at her. And sure enough, I see her coming over my left shoulder, kind of through the woods, and she's close at this point, probably 40 yards through the woods. And I got, de- I got two decoys out in the field in front of me, a Jake and a hen decoy. Um, well, she, I guess, sees them and cuts off into the field. And I still can't see the Tom. I'm still not even 100% sure he's with her because he hasn't gobbled yet since that first gobble I heard. Um, well, then finally I see his little blue head poke up over a little hill in the field. And I guess he was using kind of a low point to travel. Um, that's why I didn't see him until he was in the field. And, uh, so he worked out into the field, kind of hooked around and then started coming up into the decoys. And at this point, the hen was so close. I feel like I could have reached out and touched her at one point. Um, so I'm trying to do everything I can to not move, uh, using diaphragm calls. And finally he walked right into a spot where I had a shooting lane, took the shot and that was it. Kaboom. It's like a classic 
classic turkey hunt. That's oh, awesome, man. It, it, my my heart was pounding out of my chest, especially when that hen was oh, right yeah. there. <laughs> she could no, she could no, bust I, me at any moment, and this is over. Yeah, that's like you know, I'm sure I I would have been in a, in a total panic the entire time <laughs> she was. was around. So don't put don't put don't put. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I um, was. Good. That's funny. It's great when when you're talking about good good deal. So. I was gonna say when you're talking about talking over the the hens and stuff, it just reminds me of my kids when like one is is mimicking the other, and uh, you know, they just go back and forth, and then they like want to fight with each other. So your she was coming to fight with you, just like my kids do. So, yep. I mean, I've I've heard of that technique. I've used it before and called in some times for some other people. Um, I will say it doesn't always work. Uh, if you get like a real skittish hen, you start calling over her they'll just blow them right out. They don't want anything to do with it. So it's definitely not a trick that works all the time, but when it does work, it's, it's fatal. Good stuff, man. Yep. So we've got Derek and Jacob from go wild. Uh, tonight we're going to talk, uh, about the fly fishing stuff. Derek, you're, you were introduced to us as a kind of a Jack of all trades that can do everything in the outdoor world. So, uh, that was part of, of this idea is to get this discussion together. And then Jacob, Derek says you are the fly fishing expert amongst the crew. So that's what we've, we've brought in the best of the best to help us dissect fly fishing. The best fishing. you could find. The best of the, the best, best. The best you can find. The best of the best for fly fishing 101. Okay. So uh, I'll just lead into this, but like I've been, oh man, I think I was about 10 or 11 the first time I was introduced to it. Huge, huge hiatus there between the next time I really got into it. Um, Going up to the cabin up in Pennsylvania, one of the things these guys will do is we hunt turkeys in the morning in the spring, and then it's brook trout and, and other trout in the afternoon. Um, and I didn't have a fly rod last year. So I'll, one of the things that I put on my list of things to do was we're going to get the fly fishing gear and get this figured out. Uh, I've got uh, a cousin who's, whose husband out west has been a fly fishing guide for years, that kind of stuff. They just had a baby, so he's like... Uh, MIA for the moment, but, uh, here we are, uh, it's spring. I still don't have this fly fishing rod. I still have a million questions and I just want to start to grasp what we can, what, what I need to do selfishly, uh, to figure this all out. Okay. So that said, if we're going to start with the, with fly fishing, where do we start? What do, what do we need to do? Uh, you, you got my background now, so what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Well, obviously, there's particular equipment that's going to help you in this pursuit. Uh, the first being a fly rod. And kind of what I tell everybody when they start out is like, look, you're going to, if you go to a fly shop or you get online, you start looking at the fly rods that are available. There's a zero weight, a one weight, two weight, three weight, all the way up to like 12. So what, what do those numbers mean? And my best recommendation is to, if you're going to be fishing trout, smallmouth, largemouth bass, panfish, that kind of thing, just go with a five weight. So a five weight rod is kind of the middle of the pack. Um, it's great for bluegill. Uh, it's can be overpowering for some bluegill, depending upon how stiff the rod is, but it's a great kind of middle ground to get you started. And, once you got the rod picked out, spend one tip here, spend more money on your rod than you do the reel. 
as uh, I'm a conventional guy too, a spin fish bait cast. You can spend more on those reels because that reel does a whole lot more of the fishing process or technique than a fly reel. Most of the time, the fly reel is just going to be holding your line. And so go with a reel that is well built, um, but not, don't break the bank on the reel. Spend more money on your rod. Having a really cheap rod will make it harder for you to learn to cast. So you want to be able to feel that rod loading when you're cast, doing the casting motion. So on your back cast, you want to be able to feel that rod flex and then come forward. A cheap rod will feel more like a broomstick. So out of your collective budget, you're better off putting more money into the rod. Okay. So, so once yeah, I'll, I'll stop there, it's, that's a bunch with, with the number again, what'd you say that the numbers went from and what, like, what's the scale? Yeah. So the, the smallest is a zero weight and then it goes up 12 weight. Um, and every number in between there. So, and so just think zero is stiff or flexible. A zero is like a, just consider a small fish. Oh, okay. okay. Very, very ultra light. Hmm. A 12 weight is going to be more like your heavy saltwater, even offshore type stuff. Gotcha. So five is kind of the middle of the middle of the road there. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like fly fishing can be crazy with numbers and nomenclature and acronyms and all like widgets and tools and all kinds of stuff that go along with it. You don't need all that stuff. I mean, there's kind of the basic gear set that you need to get started. So when it comes to, you said spending more money on the rod than, than the reel and stuff, what ballpark would you consider a solid, a, a good price for kind of that somebody wants to get good stuff, maybe not all the way in, but doesn't want something that's going to break the first go out. Cause I, I mean, in hunting, you know, you can buy the cheapest thing or you can buy, I always consider it like you, you get in the Kia or you get in the Cadillac, uh, or do you want that Chevy that's kind of in the middle, right? That's not going to be break the bank, but it's also not the cheapest thing in the world. What, what kind of price range would you say, or isn't there one? Yeah. Um, probably the, the easiest thing to equate it to on the hunting side is, is archery. Um, you'll see a lot of comparisons between fly fishing and archery just from the technique, but the equipment as well, there's a lot of bows where you can go like bear makes a ready to hunt package. That is, it's the bow, except for the arrows, basically everything you need to get going. Um, they do that similar thing with fly rods, but within those kits of everything to get started, I would recommend the higher end of those kits because some of those lower end kits is where they sacrifice on the rod to give you everything. They, you know, they sacrifice on the quality of the rod first. So I, I bought one of those $50 kits from Cabela's a few years ago and it was miserable. I mean, it was yep. just the, I mean, like you said, a broomstick, that's, that's a, a, a good analogy. So, so, yeah. the one, the, the, so, so get the, get, get a decent rod, um, real the, the one thing that like threw that threw me off was in talking about the weights of the rods like the weights of the line i never really understood you, you think like five pound test six pound test ten pound test you know on a spinning rod like that's super easy but you've got the backing and the tippet and kind of kind of kind of run down like the more intricate hang on hang on hang on 
Or unless, unless you got something, but that's what you got. Hang on, Paul. We're going to get into that. I'm, I'm working on building my shopping cart. You want the cart. price point. I'm, I'm, yeah, you I'm want build, the price point. I'm building my shopping cart here on Go Wild. I, I see you on the internet. I got to make sure I got all the right stuff going, right? But seriously, yes. so that you guys, I, I, I'm going to refer to the website because you guys have a nice store with, with different things on there. But like the one rod, it's got this heavy, fast, medium, heavy, fast option, a two piece, medium, heavy, fast. What is this? The six stick casting rod. Like there, I don't see where a number comes into play. Is that, are these all going to be like a five or, or what? So, so those rods you're looking at there are actually a spinning rod. So I'm in the wrong section. So little a little foreshadowing we have a fly fishing partner perfect hatch that we work with they are bringing out rods and reels with i just talked to to our man guy over there and he said i just got my hands on them they're fantastic so very soon you are going to see a complete kit that we build out rod reel line backing here's everything you need just just go buy this trust me and use it um if you're starting out though those kits so Orvis makes one. I want to say it's like 200 bucks for their entry level kit. Their their entry level and then their next step up rods are really good for an entry level point. Now, $200 is obviously a lot more than the $60 kit that you're going to get at Cabela's, but trust me it's worth it cuz I've cast both of them and trying to teach my son who's almost 9 how to cast the really cheap rod was really tough, but I give him my rod and he can, he can nail it. So there is really something to being able to feel that rod. So 200 bucks on a kit, call it 250 by the time you kind of get some, some flies and some, some tippet. Uh, we can talk through like what, what the heck tippet is. Cause most anglers don't even, you know, recognize that unless you fly fish. So you got the rod, got the reel, you got the fly line um, on the reel first is the backing, which is kind of like a braided fishing line. So, you know, most spinning or traditional guys are familiar with braided fishing line. It's very similar. Um, it's like a 30, 20, 30 pound test braided line. Then, so your fly line will attach to that. Then you've got a leader and most people will use a tapered leader. A lot of the beginner kits, they come with a tapered leader. Uh, and then, Tied to the leader, you'll put some tippet, which is just a, a straight piece of monofilament that you'll attach your fly to. That monofilament could be fluorocarbon or it could be um, nylon. So now to answer the size questions that you got. So again, you're going to match the rod five weight to your fly line, five weight line. You're talking about your cheap, the cheap rod that you have. I will actually overline those. So the one that I have for my son, I'll put a six weight line on that five weight rod so that it flexes more and he can feel it. But roll of thumb, match your rod to your fly line. When it comes to the rod, uh, you know, size doesn't matter or does it, but the length, <laughs> the length is, uh, is, is something that comes into play. What, what, yep. What do you suggest there? Is, I mean, it's not like draw length on a bow or, or something like that, is it? Or how does that come into play? No, it has a lot more to do with castability and reach, like how far you can actually reach with with the rod itself. Um, I eight, An 8.6 to a 9-foot rod 
in a five weight is a great place there. Honestly, there's tons of them out there, so it's not going to be hard, something for you to find. And it's a great kind of beginner length or, you know, just standard. I mean, I still buy a lot of nine foot rods. Most of my rods are nine foot or eight, six. Got it. All right. So we're spending more money on the rod because we need the quality rod five weight, eight, six to nine. Mm-hmm. The reel, we're going up. We're going to get a good reel, but not as that's not where you're going to stick all your money in. And then when it comes to the actual line part, we're going line to leader to tip it. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Nailed it. So now, now I'll tell you. <laughs> so the the rod and the line number matchup is pretty easy, pretty easy to figure out. Just match them, get the same numbers. But then when you start talking about the leader, this is where it's more similar to traditional bass fishing or conventional fishing. You kind of want to think about the flies that you're going to be using and the fish that you're going after. So if you're using really tiny flies, you want to get a smaller diameter tippet. If you're going to use big bass popping bugs, you're going to want a bigger diameter tippet because it'll help you actually cast and turn over that fly to get it out. So my recommendation is to start with like a a four X if you're going after trout and these numbers are a little weird because the bigger the number, the smaller the diameter. So seven X is really small, six, five, four, three, and two is where I start to use, you know, that's kind of where I'm getting into for my bass fishing is the two X. And then of course, one and zero, um, a reserve for carp or saltwater species, sharks, whales, <laughs> big old sharks. Yeah. Those Ohio river sharks. Right. <laughs> I think those are dead bodies, aren't they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> man, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. So, um, Derek, when you were getting in, how long have you been fly fishing? Uh, probably a little over two years now. Jacob here is the one that got me into it. All those good friends and their peer pressure get you into stuff like that, right? <laughs> Make <laughs> COVID money. COVID's actually what, what got me into it. Right? Everything shut down. So, and me and Jacob had been talking about it and we had some time. So I said, why not? That's great. That's why I annoy my family with turkey calls now. Thanks to Paul. So, <laughs> um, what was When you got into this, what was your biggest challenge? I mean, obviously you had a pretty good mentor there, uh, but yeah. if you're somebody who doesn't and they're just like me going to start screwing around in the local water holes or wherever I can find a spot just to get used to it. Um, I mean, what kind of advice do you have there? Um, I guess, I guess the two things I would say would be the biggest challenge. Um, one is, and thankfully I have Jacob, so I can just annoy him with this all the time, but is remembering what all these numbers mean. I know it sounds really overwhelming now. Um, you do start to get a better understanding of what all he's talking about right now, but I still have times where I'll have to text Jacob. And I mean, we just did it a couple days ago. Yeah, where yesterday. I'm, yeah. I'm working on setting up a nine weight rod for going after steelhead or striper and stuff like that. A little bigger fish. So I had to annoy Jacob and say, okay, what, what size, what size backing, what pound backing do I need? What, what kind of tippet should I get for this? Cause 
those numbers are hard to remember. Um, I would say, don't let that be a roadblock for you. There's, there's tons of resources out there to, to get, you know, those questions answered. Um, so that was one challenge. And then I guess getting into the fundamentals of it and the, from what I understand, this is a common, um, challenge for people, but is allowing enough time on the back cast. Um, so, you know, everyone's kind of familiar with the idea of fly fishing, you know, you're, you're throwing the fly up in the air and your you back cast is when the line's loading behind you. And a, a big common mistake that a lot of people make when they get into it. And I mean, I'm still making it two years into it is you don't allow enough time for that line to load behind you on the back cast. And when you don't allow that to happen, when you go to cast out, you'll get a wind knot or dump it or you dump it. Yeah. So it's just that, that can be a challenge. Let's dump it. What's that mean? So if you don't let your fly line get straightened out behind you on your back cast, when you come forward, it's, it's like you're pulling it forward too fast and it's going to kind of fall in the a clump or not going to straighten all the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll, you know, you can either dump your back cast if you let it go too far, too slow. Uh, there, that is one of the toughest things about figuring out the cast is the timing and the cadence every rod's going to be different. Each line brand is going to load a little bit different for rods. I mean, there's a lot of things just like arrows and bows. There's things that are going to factor into it. The first thing I tell, okay, you bought your, your rod. Do not go to a, a yummy looking trout stream. That's like one of the biggest mistakes somebody can make. Go to a pond, go throw to bluegill, you know, is, is somewhere where you can, not have to mess with moving water because that's a total other complexity that goes into it. So figure out casting on a pond or even just in grass somewhere. So the, the there's multiple like styles of casts, right? I mean, there's just like the traditional cast. The one that I, that I tried was the, I think it's called like a D loop or a D cast for like, am I, is that, is that one where you, it was impossible. I couldn't figure it out. I watched a thousand YouTube videos and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to just try just like the basic. So I, I got really overwhelmed with the different like cast types. What's like the standard, like the, the easiest, that's the most effective. Yeah. I mean, just, just a, a basic forward and a back and forward cast. So you're just thinking about your line and rod moving in a, a linear space um, you'll hear people talk about 10 and two that, that works for some people. They do understand that. Um, another lesson when you're starting to cast is traditional spin fishermen or bait casting, you use a lot of wrist. You want to try and limit as much of that as you can with a fly rod. Cause it can also affect the line or the, the path that your line is taking. So just, just start with a traditional traditional back and forward cast you know there's there's roll casts for where you're in tight spaces and there's a bunch of stuff that you can get into but again i'll reference teaching my you know eight-year-old there's a lot of times where you're not casting like a river runs through it this is not brad pitt there's a lot of times where you're literally just using the tension of the moving water to build the the tension on the rod and then flipping your line back upstream and so it can get overcomplicated if you just try to do too much with it. That's what we got. Uh, I, got a lot of, I got. I got a lot of questions. I see you deep in thought, looking at stuff on Go Wild's website. I, I know what you're doing. I, I'm bouncing. Yeah, I'm bouncing around here. Um, I'm not sure because I 
I'm a gear junkie. It's like I don't like going out if I don't have what I feel like I need and if I'm not, not comfortable with everything. So the idea of a he's going down, he's going, he's going down a black hole right is, now. Is what he's, is this what he's is saying. why I'm not into waterfowl because I know how much <laughs> is going to be involved with that, and like I can just see the dollars racking up. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's gotta have a dog. That happens. Dog. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can kind of insert a quick little so story. And... Go ahead, Derek. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to kind of reinforce what Jacob's saying about the rod a little story if you will for me um so like i said jacob got me into fly fishing got me everything i needed and i go out to ponds and i'm practicing on ponds and uh you know me being me i uh i broke my uh my my rod and it was it was sad so um in the meantime i was waiting to you know get a replacement rod jacob lent me this kind of cheaper rod and it's like what he's talking about and i i felt the difference immediately i mean I hated it throwing that, that cheap rod. And, um, so definitely what Jacob's saying, you know, spend more money on a rod, get a, a decent rod. Um, and that will help significantly with your casting. Yeah. And that, so, you know, if you want some Andrew, if, if like real actual products direction helps you, the, the rod that I, I gave initially, I, I sold Derek a rod that is a St. Croix Imperial. Um, I want to say they're like 220 new. If you look them up, they still make the rods. They're great. They've changed versions um, since the initial one I had. But to kind of, if you're looking at, I want an entry level rod. I'm a gear nerd. I want something that's good. If I'm going to start, I want it to be good. Like that is a great rod to get started on a really, you know, on a good foot. Um, like I said, those Orvis pack rods, the encounter and clear water are kind of their entry level things. Those are both really good. Um, but those Imperials are fantastic. Um, another brand that makes really good entry level stuff is echo. So it, it was started by one of the Ray Jeffs. Uh, I can't remember which one, Steve, I think. Um, he's a phenomenal caster. And so he created rods that are honestly, some of the rods are a lot cheaper than what are a lot better than what they asked for them. And so, you know, if, if you're going to do it and you're willing to spend a little bit more money, a little bit more money, St. Croix Imperial, if you want to save some money, look at the echoes, look at the Orvis, um, this, the store brand rods just are not the way to go. Uh, if you want to have a good experience starting out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would have stuck with fly fishing if I'd started on that rod that I was using when I broke the first one. Cause it was so frustrating. Yeah. Now echo is another name that I've, I've, I've been ex I've exposed to uh, in the past, but for a stupid question, as I'm looking through some of these websites, uh, single hand rod versus two hand rods. What, yeah, the, the cast that Paul was talking about, that's more playing towards the the double hand rods, two hand rods. Um, and like you know what Derek was saying, he's he's getting a, a bigger rod to go after steelhead. A lot of steelhead salmon people will use those two hand rods. Um, and those are typically longer. And you use two hands because it's it's a lot it's a shooting line. So you're it's you know this cast that you make you're literally bringing it across your body and then throwing it back out to where you're unfurling all this line to cast across a bunch of different current speeds 
which is very different from a traditional fly cast where, you know, I'm trying to hit that seam and I'm going to lay my fly line into it where with the salmon and steelhead, you're trying to get it out there and swing through all of those different current speeds. So it just takes a little bit different cast, longer rod, heavier lines, different ball game, unless you're going to dedicate a rod to steelhead, I would just stick with single hand. Gotcha. So I guess the next question and figuring, okay, we figure out a rod, reel, line leader, tip it. It's the fly, right? That's part of what makes this way different. Now, conventionally fishing, when I go out, it's, uh, I, I have, I don't know, 30 different lures and stuff in my box and I'm probably going to try all of them as, as the day goes on. Cause I'm going to get frustrated and one's not going to work. So we'll just keep going down the line until something, uh, cause I'm not that great of a fisherman, but what are we talking about when we're talking about all these flies? Because to me, there's there's a boatload of things here. I know you can tie your own. We kind of t- we're talking about that off air, um, but like, where do you start with that? And I, I I think I've got an idea from what I've heard other people say, but I'm just curious, you know, how you guys are going to approach that. Yeah. So this is where I'm definitely going to plug go wild because we've done a little bit of that work for you. Um, with perfect hatch, they have some great fly assortments where if you came to me and said, Hey, I just want to go chase bass this summer. Okay. Go get the bass popper assortment that's on there. And, um, you know, in some cases, like if you're just going to be throwing huge flies, I would maybe say go up to like a seven weight rod um, if it's something that you're going to also use for trout, you can get by with that, that five or even a six weight, but those flies will be dependent upon what fish you're going after. Um, then the next thing you want to look at is like most fishing. What's the local forage? Um, if you're, if you're going after really picky trout, you're going to start talking about getting into really tiny aquatic bugs that you've probably never seen or heard of or care about in your entire life until now you're trying to catch these fish because a 30 inch brown trout will eat a very very tiny bug um, and sometimes they'll get really selective on those things and so you have to kind of think about what's in that river that body of water that you're fishing but with anything you can go crazy and try to get every fly to accommodate every situation, but there's some, some go-to standards out there. If you are going to go after trout, you want to have some midge patterns. And these, these are like basic, I'm not naming a, a single fly. I'm naming like a family of flies. So midge patterns, which is a very small, very simple, sometimes just thread on a hook with a bead head that can honestly catch fish almost anywhere. And then there's some bigger nymphs like Copper John's, Beadhead, um, Beadhead Rabbit's, rabbits uh, Fur, uh, Beadhead Pheasant Tail. They just look like bugs in the water. So you don't have to get overcomplicated. There's tons of stuff out there with crazy names, but every river is going to have something that looks similar to these few flies. Then you can start talking about the, the bait fish or streamer patterns. A woolly bugger, if you fly fish for a day, you'll hear about the woolly bugger. It is a, it's a great pattern for people learning to fly fish because you can't really fish it wrong. 
it's one of those things that if you cast it out and you make a bad cast, it's okay. Let it float down and then strip it, which is a little different. Stripping is what you call bringing the line back to you. Uh, you don't reel it in like you would with a spinning rod or a bait casting rod. You, you strip it in with your hand. So woolly buggers, a couple nymphs, some midges, and then what I would recommend is some sort of hopper or kind of late summer, fall, dry fly type pattern that's big, floats, has foam, because you can also use that like a bobber with those other flies that I just discussed. So just imagine that big foam floaty hopper pattern on top. You tie a little bit of tippet off the back of the hook. You put one of those midges or the nymphs hanging off of that makes it easier to detect strikes. You can, they may actually bike that grasshopper. Those grasshoppers are great for bass, panfish. And so get some things that are, they're kind of flexible when you're looking at what flies you're going to buy, because it's stupid how much, you know, $4 for something that's half an inch big. Um, it can, it can get out of hand. So, uh, ask somebody, you know, that fly fishes around you, what flies tend to work well for them or go to what are the, the top 10 trout flies. I guarantee you, if you get, you know, half a dozen of each of the top three, you're going to be okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, and that's funny to me because they they say there are these bugs. And I'm not sure I always see the actual bug. It just kind of looks like a fuzzy thing with a little hook in there. Um, but I guess the fish don't care, do they? Nope. Sometimes they do, man. <laughs> and when they do, it's frustrating. But in most cases, you figure if that water is moving a foot per second past them, they're making quick decisions and quick mistakes. Um, and you just hope they make more mistakes than than good decisions. Gotcha. So we got the line, we got the, the rod, the reel, line leader tippet, and we came up with some flies. What else do we need to be out there? I'm not saying you have to have everything right uh, at once, but to be successful, to be comfortable, to enjoy your time out there. I mean, are we talking? I, one guy I was with last year, I mean, he looked like Jungle Jack out there. Uh, with everything he had with his waders, we're talking his vest. He had the little chest harness, um, and then within there, there was more tippet, more line, more flies, more. There's a, you know, basically a sewing kit to to put everything back together. What are some other the accessory type of things that you might take with you uh, when you're doing this? Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. Fly anglers tend to want to look like a uh, a TGI Friday server with a bunch of flair on their, <laughs> on their what, what, okay, what movie is that where they're like, you, Office Space. <laughs> you need 17 pieces of flair. Office Space. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. We, yeah that, that movie gets referenced a lot, uh, especially with me and Dan. <laughs> Go Wild Warehouse whenever the printer's not working. You see my so, if you've seen the movie, you understand. <laughs> Yep. So, I mean, that's what's the industry is built around selling you widgets and tools. Um, and uh, honestly, like when we picked out some of the products that we brought in to go wild, we tried to be really intentional. Uh, as I have grown in my fly fishing career, I have actually shrunk the amount of stuff I'm taking with me. 
Um, I've kind of done the same thing hunting too. Where can I shred something that I'm, I'm taking with me? And so that's where as you're fishing and you figure out what flies work, you don't have to take as many fly boxes because you don't have as many flies. Uh, you're going to get more selective with your patterns. Tip it. I'll usually have, you know, at least three or four spools because if something happens and you do have to repair that part of your leader where it tapers down in sizes, you want to have some of the other, um, the other sizes to kind of build that back up. But a net is good to have because it allows you to honestly just take care of the fish better when you do bring the fish in and you got to get the fly out of its mouth, particularly with trout. They're kind of a little bit harder to get the hook out of their mouth and they're slimy and they flop around. So a net is, is better for the fish so that you can get the flies out of their mouth. A, a pair of hemostats or um, I, I actually have a pair of nippers hemostat combo. So I can cut the line and have the hemostats to get the, the hook out. Uh, if you don't do the combo, then you would want some sort of nippers just to cut line um, when you're out there. What am I missing as far as uh, gadgetry? I was going to say, you know, for anybody out there that's just wanting to get into fly fishing, like what we were talking about, you know, go to a pond, um, start there. And, you know, if you have your rod and your reel and, you know, everything loaded on your reel, your fly line, leader, tippet and all that and some flies, I mean, that's all you need. And if, if someone wants to get into it, like that's it, that's all you need. And you're in it. Um, when you start, you know, going to these actual streams and fishing for trout or smallmouth or stuff like that. It's when you start getting into accessories. Um, some of which you've already mentioned. Um, I know this is kind of an obvious one, uh, but, but waders, um, need those. Um, okay. You know, depending on the time of year also, you know, you might not, we'll wet wait here in the summer. Stupid question on the waders. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm on Orvis's website right now. Um, but they've got waders, Hold on a second. Well, they call it waders, and then they got wading boots. Do you have to have both, or do you wear the waders alone, or do you put the boots on top? Of the, how does that work? It depends on the style of waders. Um, so when I first started, I, I just had, like, a super cheap pair of waders that I bought off Amazon, and they're, like, kind of your traditional, like, duck hunter-type waders. The, the boots are already in it, and that's just what it is. Um, now, when you start getting into I wouldn't say expensive. I mean, they make cheaper options, but getting into more of like fly fishing waders, um, it'll be a waiter that has like a neoprene styled boot in it and then, or sock, I guess is what I should say. And then you actually buy wading boots that you put your foot into. Um, and Jacob might be able to explain a little bit better, but the reason basically they're doing that is so now you have better traction and mobility when you're in the water with that actual boot versus the style of waiter that has the boot, you know, sewed in and part of the waiter. Um, and then they kind of, they make two different, uh, two that I know of two different style, like boots, as far as like a felt bottom or, uh, it's just rubber on the other one. Isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Rubber. And then they'll sometimes put metal studs in them just mm. to give you more traction on the rocks and stuff. And some States actually don't allow felt bottom yep. boots. Um, so that's kind of why they make the other ones. Um, I, I have felt bottom boots, um, so when you're talking about like waders and waiter boots and all that, that's kind of a system, if you will, you'll get a waiter that goes, it has that neoprene sock that you then buy boots for. And then you just put it on like you're putting on a boot. Look at some of these boots. I mean, they just look like boots to me. Mm -hmm. Is this where you can just get an old pair of shoes, 
old pair of hiking boots and wear those instead? Or is there something actually to this? So the, the felt bottoms that Derek mentioned, yeah, those are um, yeah, if, mm-hmm. if you're starting out in a state that allows felt bottoms, I highly recommend it because I mean, those rocks with moss on them can be slick. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, again, like you want to have a good experience out the gate. So I recommend felt soles. Uh, we don't have some of the big problems here in Kentucky. So it's, it's, you know, it's not outlawed here. Um, what are, I have, what are the problems with a felt sole? So there is, there's types of muscles out there that can actually end up on a felt sole. And then there's a, an invasive plant called Didymo or sometimes you're called rock snot. And it's uh, an invasive aquatic plant that will take over the bottom of the stream bed. And so when that happens, all of the bug and fish reproduction, that kind of stuff is hindered because they can't, they can't get to the bottom of the bottom of the Creek. So, um, in places where they're having didymo problems or, you know, it's, there's already at risk because of other invasive species. And so they just kind of blanket say, we don't want any felt soles. We don't want that stuff coming here. Um, you'll see signage by most of the rivers. So it's not a surprise. Or when you buy your fishing license, it's typically on fish and wildlife site. If it's outlawed there, I think Missouri there's actually the closest. Yeah. If, if I remember right, cause I looked into it actually when I was wanting to buy some nicer waders and wading boots and all that, there's really not a whole lot of States out there that don't, allow felt right now it's so i would say for the most part you're probably good getting felts most places uh, definitely make sure of that before you make that purchase but good cleaning habits of felt will prevent it mm-hmm. but you know obviously rubber is the if you're any concern at all rubber is the way to go good good enough when we were running down the the, the rod and reel line all that stuff we, we skipped over um the final piece, the knot to the, to the fly. So is that, I mean, can I just use the same knot that I use on my, my spinning rod, my eight ounce jig, or is it, is there something fancy that I have to do? Uh, man, knots is, that's a hole. That's a rabbit hole to go down. I've um, literally seen books about knots. If, if you want to hear like a nerdy fly fisherman go on for hours, ask about knots or bug life and just sit back and have yeah. a drink. So, um, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, cause there's a knot that you're going to use to tie the fly line to the leader. Um, or sorry, I'll even go a step back the backing to the fly line. Then there's a knot for the fly line to the leader and a knot for the leader to the tippet. Then the knot for the, tip it to the fly tip it to the fly clinch knot is kind of the go-to improved clinch knot um there's also one that i've started using lately called the davy knot check it out it's really easy to tie uh, it's more about smaller form on those because and some of the knots i use like when i'm bass fishing it'll create a nice little cylinder on the top of that it's not a big deal with the bass but when you're talking about a fly that's really small and now you've added a, a cylinder of a knot on top of it, it can sometimes be fairly visible and obvious. So that's why you want to kind of switch up the knots that you're using um, for flies. The knots of the entire system, just Google Arbor knots, um, a, a double surgeon's knot is good to know. And then a uni knot. 
and then you know you can google easily and find where they go in the system but that's kind of the ones to i use a blood knot a lot too yeah blood knots it's all about what you're comfortable with you feel like you can tie quick on the stream what's your what's your preferred species of fish to target jerry Oh man, <laughs> trout guy, bass guy, all of it doesn't matter. So, gun to my head, and it's the last time yeah. I get to go fishing. I'm going after smallmouth without without question. It's a combination of how pissed off and fun they are to fish for, and then the, just the places that they live. Um, you kind of get the the trout, the trout scenery, you know, stream, creek, moving water, uh, but then they're just angry and they they fight hard and they're fun to catch. Well, that's good stuff. Uh, I think we got a pretty good basic 101 on uh, fly fishing gear here. But, man, I'm looking forward to the kit you guys are going to put together for me so I don't have to uh, think real hard on this. What? what, what? Yeah, that's – I get asked that so much, man. It's like, just tell me what I need to get started. Derek, it's like, okay, <laughs> I've got this rod. I, I'm, I upgraded. I'll sell you this rod. And then – you know, here's you get these things. Um, those kits, when they when we bring those on board, are going to be a godsend because you get asked and go wild. You know, I want to do it, and they're they're reasonably priced too. They're not going to crush you. Um, honestly, like you're going to have more money for gas and flies, and 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 that's what is is going to be important because the other parts are just tools, and you want to get out and fish. Awesome. Well, Paul, you got anything else? I do. Do you, do you guys, Jacob, Jared, feel free to answer this. Either one of you guys. Do, do you guys go across the country to fly fish? Or are you that deep into it, or do you just stick to your own territory? Uh, so we we fish a lot around here. Obviously, um, yeah, I get asked this question a lot too. It's like, especially here because fly fishing isn't too huge like it is out west. Um, I'll tell people, oh yeah, I fly fish. And where do you where can you fly fish around here? Anywhere you can conventional fish, you can fly fish um so you know we we will fly fish around here um we got some good creeks and streams um not really native trout in kentucky but they do a pretty good job of stocking them with stalkers um so that's fun um i also like when i go out west to hunt i always take my fly fishing gear and you know the the hunt is for me is the priority but if i have extra time then of course i'm gonna go fly fishing um you know probably one of the most wonderful experiences i had was fly fishing the tongue river in wyoming um after an antelope hunt i mean that was incredible and to catch some native brown trout um so you know i'm traveling for the hunting i guess to answer your question there but then the the fly fishing is kind of a a secondary thing um we're kind of loosely talking about taking a trip a little further up north to do some some steelhead fishing uh later this summer um i know jacob does a little bit more traveling for fishing than i do since i focus more on the hunting (laughs) Yeah, I, the way I approach it is, yes, I do take trips for fly fishing. Um, but if I'm traveling, the first thing I do when I find out I have to go somewhere is look at what water's around. The great thing about fly rods and fly gear is that it's extremely packable. You know, it's most rods. We didn't really discuss this, but there are one-piece rods. There's two-piece rods, but predominantly you're going to see four-piece rods that pack down into – you know, like a 36 inch rod tube. And so uh, if I'm getting on an airplane, it goes on with me very easily. And so it's, it is a part of my travel. uh, If it's not the reason I'm traveling. 
You know, I just thinking. Uh, I think when we come down for send it slam, you know, we might have to just uh, set up a little fly fishing demo tutorial workshop. We can absolutely do, do that. It. Yeah. Hey, Brad. By yeah. the way, this is what we were thinking. Should we just break it to him now? We're gonna do a little little fly fishing demo over here in this corner. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we were talking today. Uh, this is probably going to get me in trouble, but we were talking today about some of the activities that we're just going to have at the festival. And, you know, one of those being some like casting type games. And so I'm all for doing a little clinic, teach people how to fly cast. And the more people that fly fish, they get out and see these places. You all know this, get out, they see these places, they see these animals, they see these fish, they're going to give a rip about them. And tomorrow they're going to be figuring out how can they protect them? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't care what your background is. If you've never touched a fishing rod in your entire life, just come with me uh, and we can make you fall in love with it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think on that note, we'll call this a, a show and uh, we might have uh, some more questions as time goes on. And I listen to this again. And so we might have to do it again if you guys are all right with that. Yeah. And Hey, plug and go wild. I'll do it all day. <laughs> Get in there. Find me, Jacob Knight. Ask me any fly fishing questions you have. I'd be happy to help. Yeah, this dude lives for it. So, yes, both these guys are very active and very, very good to get your your questions answered. So, gentlemen, we appreciate you, uh, Paul. If you got nothing else, we'll just uh, take it there. Thank you, guys. Yep. Take care. Thanks, fellas. Yeah. See thank you. you.